0: First Baptist Church of Louisa may get to a place where it cannot even hardly pay its electric bill because so many people have walked away from the church. I pray every single day that we don't walk away, that we stand strong in the faith that God has given us. At one time, Barry, Vermont, was a center of ministry opportunities. Now, they are the mission field. Right now, we send out missionaries. First Baptist Church Louisa, how long is it going to be before we stand in need of missionaries? And as long as we are here, we ought to commit in our hearts that what we are going to do is to be found faithful, serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? That something like that would not come to us. If you would, turn with me to to James um, chapter 4. As we continue our walk in the book of James, today what we're going to see is this, but he gives us more grace. And I am so thankful today that the Lord Jesus does that very thing. He gives us more grace. If you read with me in James chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, as we begin, Bible says this, Or do you think that the scripture says in vain? We know that the Bible speaks to us about that. That the word of God will never return void. It's never useless. That it will always be useful. But here he says, Do you think that the scripture says in vain? The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So let me me share with you what he's saying at the very beginning when he says that the Bible has spoke of this from the beginning. What we need to see today is this. The whole entire Bible from the beginning of the book of Genesis until the end of the book of Revelation, teaches us that God is passionate that we should be faithful to Him. All of us enjoy learning and hearing how faithful God is to us. I love it. I loved to know today that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was the same yesterday. He's the same today, and He is going to be the same tomorrow. I'm thankful that God is faithful. And I know that He's always going to be here, that He has promised me that He'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I stand on those promises of His faithfulness. But one thing we forget from the beginning of Genesis until Revelations, He, our God, who is faithful to us also has called me and you as his children to be faithful to him. And that's what we want to see today to remind us in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 2. Moreover, brethren, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That's our desire in life that me and you, and I apologize with my voice, but it has been leaving me for about a week and a half now, me and you would want more than anything in this world to be found faithful. How else would you want to be found? Would you want to be found unfaithful? But we have the privilege today, (coughs) excuse me, of being found faithful. But we have three enemies. We have three enemies that every single day of our life try to make us be found unfaithful to God. <coughs> they try to remove us, <coughs> excuse me, from the faithful living of wanting to follow God to wanting to follow the world. So I want to share with you these three enemies and how dangerous they are. The three enemies are simply this the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, our own self, (coughs) and the devil do not want me and you to remain faithful, to be found faithful in front of God. They want you and I to be faithful to the world. They want you and I to be faithful to ourselves. They want you and I to be faithful to the devil. But they do not, whatever the cost, want us to live a life that is faithful in front of God. But do we even have a chance in this fight with three of those enemies? Do we even have a possibility? Is there even a fight left in us to be able to go up against such enemies as that? And the answer is this, yes, because the Lord is faithful. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, it says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. James teaches us that we can have victory in Jesus. We can be found faithful doing that which God has called us to do. There is a cure to worldliness. There is a cure to selfishness. There is a cure of following this devil in this world of, of sinfulness. <clears throat> and we can be faithful to the Lord. But what is it? I'm going to show you today, not anything of my own self, and I'm thankful that I have no authority in this matter whatsoever, but I want to show you from the Word of God, which has all the authority in the world, in in our church, in our lives, to be able to show us that me and you can be found faithful by doing what God has called us to do. And the very first thing is this, in James chapter 4, in verse 7. The reason I love James is he makes everything simple for me and you. It's not complicated. He lays it out so simply that we can understand it with absolutely no problem. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Bible says this, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. I mean, if we can't get that, what are we going to get hold of? <clears throat> I mean, that is as simple as you possibly can get it. But the problem is the word not remembering the word. Easy to speak, hard to do and live. Submit is not a popular word. Submit, submit is not a popular idea today. I've done a couple of weddings in the last few years, and uh, one little bride came up to me, a bride-to-be, and she said, now, now I, I want you to check those um, vows that you're going to, to give us because I'm not going to submit to nobody. And I'm, I'm like, wow, you, my guys, might want to think this through. You know what I'm saying? This might be something you don't want to get into. You know what I mean? Because, you know, that's kind of what this is about. You know, this is it, you know. But um, we have the difficulty with that word submit. And most people say, well, submit really don't mean submit. And it kind of does. That's why we use the word submit. You know what I'm saying? In a couple of days, I'm privileged. I'm going to get a, me and my wife are going to get to go to Greece and spend some time there. So I've learned Greek over the last, two, it only took me two days. Um, I knew all the biblical Greek, and I didn't want to sit in a taxi driver and explain to him soteriology and cornea and stuff like that, because that, that's the only Greek words I knew. So I had to learn, um, you know, calamari. <laughs> you know what that is. I learned no calamari. That's all you got to know in Greece because who wants to eat rubber fish and who wants to eat rubber things come out of rubber fish you know what I'm saying there's no, not me if you fry it's edible but eh, it's not something you want to go for but cala, calamari is good morning calisara good evening um, it's easy to remember because it's almost like Romanian in, the, in that way but there's a word submit it is a Greek word and it is called hupotasso tasso. hoopa. Is 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 the word that means under, and tasso means to put. So, tasso submit in Greek. It means to obey, put under, or be subject to. It's a military word, um, and the meaning is that uh, in the military word is to put troops under the command of the leader. So we understand. Hupatasa, because of the military understanding, it is a private who is under the direction of a captain to allow him to know in that what he is supposed to be doing. He has to listen and receive his orders from his leader, his commander. And today, church, we have to put ourselves under the command of our Lord. That's we submit to To God, we surrender our own will to that of the Lord. And after submitting, we then resist the devil by not giving place to him. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 27, it says this, Nor give place to the devil. When you submit to God, You're under the leadership and the direction of God. And the devil no longer has a place in your life. You're not submitted to him. You're not any subject to him. You're not under him. So he has no control over your life. So listen, church, when you submit to God, you automatically resist the devil. And when you do that, he will flee from you. So the problem we're having with worldliness The cure of that is simply this, submit to God. Put yourself and put myself under the direction of God Almighty to put our lives in his hands. And then and only then will the devil flee from you. Can you defeat the devil today without submitting to God? The answer has been given Clearly, by hundreds and hundreds of years of Christians trying to do it, you cannot. The only way you can have victory in Jesus Christ today is if you submit yourself, put yourself under the leadership of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the second part is this draw near, draw near to God. In verse 8, <coughs> Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. You know what? If you read that really quick, it's not too bad. But if you read it slow, it hurts. It's difficult. How do you draw near to God? One of my jobs, my beautiful jobs that I have, is to answer that question. People ask me constantly. You know what? How, how do I get close to God? How can I be closer to God right now than I've ever been in my life? What do I need to do? What needs to change in my life right now so that I could be closer to God, that I could feel His presence? The answer is simply this: repent of your sins. Repentance, by confessing our sins, that's who is what is separating us from God. That's what's stopping us from having a close relationship with God is the sin that we're living in. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he is waiting on me and you to confess our sins. And when we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen here, God does not want to share you with the devil. Just like you do not want to share your wife with someone else, and just like you do not want to share your husband with someone else, God does not want to share you with the devil. He wants you all to himself. He does not want custody every other weekend of your life. He wants your life every moment of every day. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. The Bible teaches us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 that we do not have the possibility today and ever have had the possibility to serve two masters. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon you don't have the ability a double minded Christian can never ever be close to God never can can you refuse to repent of your sins and be close to God no there's no chance so you are called and I am called to repent so that he would draw near to us And that's the opportunity that we have today is for our hands to be cleansed. Why does our hands need to be cleansed? Because we're sinners. Those hands are dirty, they're filthy, and the only chance that they ever be wiped is this, being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Sin is what's separating us from the Lord. And we do not want to be separated from Him. We want to be with Him. And the third thing we see is in verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 says this, Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Submit, repent, and humble are not three words that we like to talk about very often. They're difficult. Man, they're hard. That's not what we want. We don't want to submit. We want to be in charge. We don't want to repent. We want to live the way we're living right now. We don't want to be humble. We want to be proud of that which we are. But God hates the sin of pride. The devil teaches us this. In Isaiah chapter 14, there are five I wills that the devil Uses, and this is why he got kicked out of heaven. He said, "I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt the my the throne above God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend as above the clouds. I will be like God, the Most High." You know what the devil wanted? Listen, it's scary. He wanted to be completely independent. You know what the devil wanted? He wanted not to be responsible to anybody. You know how who the devil sounds like? Us. You remember when you was 18 years old and you was getting ready to go out on your own? What did you want more than anything in this world? For no one ever to tell you to do something ever again, right? You wanted to be completely independent. You wanted to not be responsible to anyone. You just wanted to be out there on Your own. That's the desire we have. That's okay with your parents because finally, thank God, I know some 35-year-olds need to get a hold of that sometime, you know, and go on out, out of the house. But with God, who in their right mind wants to be independent of the God who created you? Who in their right mind don't want to be held responsible of the God who holds us responsible? We need to humble ourselves before God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Today, men, you have a tendency to treat sin too lightly. Uh, I saw something a couple days ago that just scared me to death. Three-year-old little boy in Walmart cussing a blue streak. GD this, F this. And mommy and daddy thought it was the funniest thing they've ever heard in their life. They just laughed and just, hee, 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 And I said, Lord, have mercy. Where in the world have we gone wrong? Sin is serious. It's humbling and sobering to face the seriousness of sin and to deal with the consequences of sin. We need to take sin seriously. I can remember how serious it is to being separated from your mom and dad. What sin does, is separates you from your heavenly father. When I was a young boy, uh, um, we it was King's Island, my dad was uh, going to ride the beast, and uh, my mom uh, was smarter than that. So at the beginning, I, I was going to go with my dad to ride the beast, but then when we got closer to the beast, the bigger the beast got. You know what I'm saying? And they should have named it like Marshmallow, not the Beast. That's that's just the wrong name for something. So I said, you know what, I'm deciding not to ride the Beast, so I'm going to go with my mom, and she was just right over here. So I left my dad, and I I went back, and I was looking for my mom, and I was going to stay with her, but guess what? Couldn't find her. So then I went back to find my dad, so I guess I was going to have to ride the Beast, and guess what? Couldn't find him. So here I was as this eight or nine-year-old little chubby boy in the middle of Kings Island by myself. But what they did not know at that time, and they know now, is that I'm a genius. It took them a while to figure it out, you know what I'm saying? So what I did was this. I can't find my mom and I can't find my dad. So we drove the pickup truck here and it's out in the parking lot and it's, my, we were rich. A lot of people didn't know this about us, but my family was rich. We had a, a, a pickup truck, and Mom and Dad and my aunt drove up front and we all got in the back underneath the camper and we had a mattress in there. you know what I'm saying? And so we wealthy people. You didn't know that, but I was born with a, with a plastic spoon in my mouth. Um, and so what I did was this, I went and got in that truck, opened the back of the truck and got in and was sitting back there, just kicked back and you know, eating snacks that we had from the truck left over if we didn't there. They couldn't find me because they didn't know I was a genius. They looked all over the place. They thought I was gone. They just just wrote Chuck off. Like, well, we tried. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So here they come back and get in the car, and here I was in the car waiting on them. I hated that place for a long time. Why? Why? Because it separated me from the people who loved me and cared for me. You know what? We should not take sin lightly. We should hate sin. Why? Because it separates us from that who loves us. It changes everything about our lives. And we should not take lightly the sin. And I hear people say, ah, it's a sin. This is a sin. Like it's a joke. It is not. It's humbling and sobering to face seriousness of sin and deal with the consequences. But what I want to share with you is this. The Lord will not reject a broken and repentant heart. He will give us more grace. Can you follow Christ filled with pride and arrogance? No. You'll just follow yourself. But we must humble ourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord, and in due season, He will exalt us. The Bible says this in, in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 9. We'll close with this. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator. you ever had a good fight with God? Ever been upset with him? Mad at him because of what was happening in your life? Listen as this verse goes on. Does the clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does it, the pot exclaim, how clumsy? Must you be? You know what? We see that as a sarcasm, as an exaggeration. But what we see is simply this. God being the potter and we're the clay. There is no way that clay is going to look up at the one who's forming it and saying, What, are you clumsy? You don't know what you're doing? This is how you make a pot. No. The pot just, the the clay just sits still. And allows the potter to create him in the way that he knows to create him. God is working on me and you today. Molding us in who he wants us to be. And what we need to be able to say is we're not going to fight God. But we're going to allow God to work on us. And form us in that He what he wants to create us to do. Because he knows our purpose, not us. But we do not want to be found unfaithful to a holy God who's creating us and making us and who He wants us to be. But we want to be found faithful and trusting in a God who is able to form us in the way that He would want. Is there a cure for worldliness? Is there a cure for looking like this world? world? Yes, there is. Submit to the Lord. Repent of your sins. And humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. Stop fighting God and start fighting for God. And I want to leave you with these questions. If you serve the whole the world your whole life and do what this world wants you to do, what will you hear at the end of your life? At the end, the end, what will you hear? I don't know. I would guess it would be like, what, he, what did he leave us? And the people are going to fight over your end table, your coffee table. I hope and pray my kids don't fight over my end tables because they're not very nice anyway. What does the world want to say for you if you've lived your life for the world? If you serve, your, if you serve yourself your whole entire life, what will you hear at the end of your life if you just lived for yourself your whole entire life and didn't care about anybody else what would someone say at the end of your life what are they going to say maybe he's got some pretty neat things but he didn't take any of them with him they're all still here if you serve the devil your whole entire life what will you hear at the end of your life Bible teaches us you'll hear weeping and gnashing of teeth because you have fallen off into utter darkness with the devil and his angels but listen what will you hear if you serve Jesus Christ with your whole entire life the Bible tells us exactly what we'll hear Matthew chapter 25 and verse 23 his Lord said to him well done Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Wow. You serve this world, you won't hear anything good. You serve yourself, you've just served yourself. If You serve the devil, you'll spend it with him. But me and you today have an opportunity To serve the lord with all our heart all our soul and all our mind we understand that he has been faithful to us so now that we have the possibility of having a desire in our heart to be faithful to the lord how in the world is this going to work the answer is this he giveth more grace that's how it works he loves us and he takes care of us And he allows us through his Holy Spirit to know how to be faithful and how to be found faithful. I had to honor this Friday of going to Columbus and um, not staying there. (laughs) Amen. It's a pretty good honor. But my uncle, um, 85 years old, went home to be with the Lord and got me and my dad did his funeral together. And I got to be reminded of a story that I had forgotten. I probably had known, but I had not heard it in a long time. Uh, But my dad was not a believer when I was born. He was an unbeliever. Um, And my mom was a believer. But my uncle and my aunt lived in Columbus, like a lot of people at that time moved from Louisa to Columbus to get some work. And my aunt Peggy worked at a carburetor factory, making carburetors. My dad had a, a, a car that his carburetor had, had went out and he needed a carburetor. And he, my mom got a hold of my uncle and he, he said, next time I come down, I'll bring him a carburetor. So he came and brought the carburetor down and uh, my dad tried to pay him. It was almost $200 for this certain carburetor. And um, my uncle said this, my aunt and uncle said, no, we don't want any money um, whatsoever. We want you um, to go to church Three times. Three times. And my dad, my dad said, now I'd rather pay you. <laughs> It'd be easier. And he said, like, no, we're not taking money. The only thing I, we want you to do is go to church uh, three times. And so my dad finally agreed, and, and he ended up going to church three times. To make a long story short, my dad accepted Christ as his personal Savior. Why? Why? Because someone was not interested in 200 bucks. Someone was not interested in a carburetor. But someone was interested in a soul. What we desire today is not just I be found faithful. But our desire is that we be found faithful. Just as those ones in Vermont who lived where the gospel began in America now do not know the gospel. We desire that they be found faithful. In Romania, the ones who have never had the opportunity, we desire that they be found faithful. Here in Louisa, Kentucky, the desire is that we be found faithful. And how do we know that? By knowing the one who gives grace. This morning, if you don't know him, and you're saying, you know what, I'm not faithful. This church depended on me, this church would be in a bad shape. Would you be able to say that today? Amen? I would. If this church depended on me, <laughs> this church would be in bad shape. But I'm so thankful it doesn't. This church depends upon God and our Lord and Savior. And today, our heart is this. You want to draw near to God, submit to him, repent of our sins, humble ourselves under his mighty hand, and in due season he will exalt us. May we be found faithful today. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would work in our hearts today. Lord, be someone here that has never believed in you. Lord, I'd ask today that they would put their faith in your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray for the unbeliever, the believer here today who has strayed. Lord, I pray that today they'll come back to you. And I'm so thankful that you don't just give grace, but you give more grace. And I pray, Lord, today that what we would do is not leave your house until we're right with you. Change our hearts, Lord Jesus. In your precious name we do pray. Amen. Let's stand. This is our time of invitation to be able to respond to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can come pray, or you can come up. I can pray with you, however that God is working in your heart. We want you to be knowing that you will leave here today being faithful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have them- Dude. Seated, and just like we always, we will be the last ones here. If anybody has a someone you need to pray with, we'll, me and Tim will be here to, and 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 be able to pray with you. Um, have the ushers come forward this um, morning. Aren't you thankful we lost all of our youth and went upstairs to help with the VBS? But um, I'm thankful for that. But what we have today, as you go out, they want you to res- um, go ahead and sign up for VBS, your kids, but also as volunteers. But what we have, and I want you to, um, to pray about this and to make it a moment of, of work that we would be a part of. VBS um, in the evening is going to be from the July 9th to the 12th. That's Sunday evening to Wednesday evening. Um, and that's our VBS. And, man, I'm excited about that. But we have a second opportunity. And I don't want you to say, well, I'm going to go to one and not go to the other. That's not the opportunity that we want to do. We have an opportunity to help our kids get a little advantage this week, this summer. If, you, if your kid likes basketball, man, you can send him to a basketball camp so he can learn a little ball handling skills. If your kid um, is in football, maybe some agility training, you, you give them a little bit of extra oomph to get on down the road to, to a little bit ahead of time. But our kids have lost um, so much Sunday school and so much worship kid style because of covid And I just don't want to be mean, or or I'm not being mean, is that our kids are behind where they should be spiritually right now, learning about the Bible. We're going to go back to Genesis and and teach the Genesis stories and such like that. So we have an opportunity of two weeks of vacation Bible school here at our church. The second week is going to be from the 17th through the 21st, and it is going to be um, at 9 o'clock in the morning until 12 o'clock. So you have that. We got the first week is in the evening and the second week in the morning. But what we want to see our kids is to grow a little bit closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're thankful for that possibility. And then also we have the Children in Ag- um Child of Angelin Fellowship that's going to be here doing the same thing. So your kids are going to have opportunities to catch up a little bit on their um, spiritual life to learn more about God. And I would pray that you'd want to be a part of that. So just something to think about over the next couple of days and encourage our kids to sign up. Heaven, would you pray for us and ask God's blessing over this offering?